The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage, a Wall Street alum, top WBE CEOs and LinkedIn top voice. I'm here with another LinkedIn top voice, my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DEI champion, and most importantly, a working mother. And Mita and I, we started Roundtable Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in the workplace from my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And what we do here at the table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out. And then we provide you with some tips. So tips that you need not on how to survive, but how do you thrive in your organization? And because Mita and I, we've earned and worked really hard to build this platform. By the way, we thank you so much for that. But we want to lift up as many women of color as possible, including founders. If you follow Mita in any of her work on any platform, you know she writes for the Harvard Business Review. She is a contributor for, I think, all of the major business pubs. But it's really because she has an eye, a heart, and a lens for all things of color and other dimensions of diversity. And she's really good at tracking everyone and in terms of who's doing what in the marketplace. So I'm going to hand this over to you right now, Mita, and ask you, who do you want to shout out today? Because you always have great shout outs. Okay, you ready for this, D? I want to shout out the McBride Sisters Wine Company. Okay, and here's the disclaimer for the skeptics listening. We didn't get paid to do this. This is not a paid ad. The McBride Sisters Wine Company doesn't know we're shouting them out until now. And so McBride Sisters, the wine company has grown into what is not only, D, the largest Black-owned wine company in the United States, but one of the most inclusive, accessible, socially aware, and sustainable. And listen all, I'm not a big drinker. I love to meet D for dinner. When I drive, I have one glass. If I'm not driving two glasses, and if I have three, I won't go to work the next day. So I don't ever do three. (laughs) But I do love a glass of Prosecco sparkling wine. I love their Black Girl Magic sparkling brute. One of my favorites. So check out the McBride Sisters Wine Company. And when I see you next time, Dee, we're going to open a bottle. Yes. And I'll also say these are great gifts, everybody. I mean, it's nothing like giving or sharing or introducing folks to a bottle. I'm a big fan. They're a big deal. McBride Sisters are a big deal. And that Black Girl Magic Bottle, baby, is a big deal. And so thank you, Mita. Thank you so much. So what are we talking about today? All right, Dee. Back to full-time at the office. No thanks. Back to full time at the office. No thanks. Okay. I know. 
big sigh, big sigh. And again, this is the Brown Table Talk. So we're here to share the experience and the context from women of color. Mm-hmm. But Dee, I wanted to start off by sharing this story with you. And it goes back to a study that was recently done that I had shared in social media. And Slack Think Tank Future Forum did a study Uh asking people about return to the office. And you probably remember this. 97% of Black respondents in the U.S. said they preferred a fully remote or hybrid workplace. Mm -hmm. 3% of Black workers surveyed said they wanted to return fully in person compared with 21% of white workers. Mm-hmm. Black workers reported a 50% increase in their sense of workplace belonging and a 64% increase in their ability to manage stress once they began working from home. And so this is important for our Black friends, colleagues, yep. listening, yep. women of color listening. We all know this. This is for the allies. The stats are important. But here's the thing, D. I shared this, and I would tell you the response I got was, why are you making this about race? What does this have to do about race? I don't want to go back to the office either. No one wants to go back to the office. And it's so fascinating to me. It's always this like other side of like, you're pulling the race card. Why is this always about race? That's how everyone feels. Why is this relevant? I was floored. I was floored that this was the response I was getting because I didn't make this study up. Right. This is researching. It's a documented, right? And this is one study. There's many studies out there. But like, what do you say to allies? I really want to talk about this. And then I want to talk about our personal perspectives. Like, why is it always starting from this place of like, let's deny, let's minimize? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it stems from the discomfort and the white fragility. I mean, uh, it is, yes. yeah, I think I think it's that. It's, it's, a centering on back on them, whoever, mm-hmm. whoever identifies as them, right? Whoever the audience right. or yes. whoever those folks are who are responding and their come from is there. Like, why are you making it about that? It's it's why are you, they're really making it more about them and amplifying their discomfort. And again, fragility. I think that's that's a large part of it. And again, it stems from this country just not never introducing and allowing us to openly talk about race. And that's why it's so uncomfortable right now. That is why there's laws being passed right now to protect the fragility. Oh my goodness. Let me bring it on down. Bring it on down. Oh, Um, bring it on up. Turn it up. Turn it up, (laughs) DC Marshall. That's why we do this. Turn it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. It's like, why are you bringing it up? And why are you making it about race? No, why are you, you're making it about race. The fact that you are uncomfortable, you are denying and minimizing and questioning and not allowing space for anything that doesn't center around you, sir, ma'am. You know, the other story I wanted to share with you was that and to get your reaction to this, and I, and I believe that many women of color will resonate with this, is that as we have been returning to the office, now again, I want to level set a big shout out and thank you to all of the frontline workers. We are talking from a place of privilege because many of us have been working virtually. Not everyone has had that, right? So for the individuals who have been working virtually, who are now returning back to the office, whether it's full-time or hybrid, I had a woman of color reach out to me not too long ago and say... She went into the office for the first time 
And it was predominantly white men in the office that day. And she immediately went to the furthest corner to situate herself and that she could already feel herself shrinking back in the office. And she's not the first person to share that story. And I will tell you, as a woman of color, as an executive, I feel a bit of the same way. And I have been, you know, you would say that I'm a boss, that I have earned it, that I'm doing all this incredible work. And yet I feel that the ability to command and how you show up on Zoom versus showing up in the office after having done that for over two years, there's a difference. And it breaks my heart that many women of color who I'm talking to are feeling like they're shrinking when they're physically back in the workplace. I think so many of us can relate to to that, just being in spaces at work and other spaces where we are underrepresented. We are um, you know, in spaces where the majority might be white, cisgender, male. And, you know, some of that is about the human behavior or the human response for Black folks. I know, like code switching is a big, is a big thing. You know, I think what a lot of folks will identify with is being at home, working at home. You don't have to have to be fake or don't have to switch or don't have to adjust, don't have to think and overthink about how you're showing up. You know, you get to protect yourself at home from, you know, the microaggressive behaviors because it it happens all day, every day, right? I don't know anybody who wants to go back to work. I'm going to be quite honest when (laughs) I've talked to some clients about it other than, and forgive me to my W, you you know what? No, no, take that back. What we're not going to do, D. Marshall, D. D Marshall, you're not going to be apologizing. So let's just start again. Let's start again. No apologizing at the Brown Table Talk. No apologizing. We don't apologize here. Apologizing is canceled, D. Marshall. D. Marshall, just say what you're going to say. Who wants to go back to the, go, go back to work? White cisgender men. Yep. Right out of the Drop house, the mic, don't, have to, don't have to deal with the kids. The I, I know, I know, I know. And to my WB friends, you know, I will say this to you, right? Because your wife, your honey, your spouse, your partner is taking care of the kitties. So, a majority of the population, majority, I would say, right? There's no research done on that. But who wants to go back to the office? Who is really benefiting from being back in the office, getting out of the house, out of having to, you know, just partake in the family stuff, right? The responsibilities of being home. I know there's going to be some folks that are going to come for me online. It's okay. It's all in love. Hey, hey, listen, we say we tell the truth. Did we not say in the intro of the show? Okay. So who wants to leave the house? We, we, listen, most of us, we want to stay at home or in safe spaces where there are communities and others who look like us. Now, if we went out and the majority population looked like us, then we'd want to be there. But if we have to adjust to white professional standards and have to worry about what we're wearing, what we're saying, how we're showing up, our thoughts being challenged, our experience being reduced, it's all of that is so much. So that's who I think it most benefits to go back into the office. Everybody online right now, over on LinkedIn. Hey, friends. Love y'all. Glad you're listening. Glad you're listening. I'm sorry. What say you, Mita? No, D, listen, when they come for you, I got your back. I You Let always them come. have my back. 
Sidebar, I almost got into it online. I almost got into it online on your page. And we probably should have talked about this in our race lighting episode, but I had to type and then delete because it would not have gone over well. But the people who had the audacity to come for you, but let's put that in the parking lot and let's just button this up. I'm going to hand this back over to you. I appreciate you always having my back and I have your back and everybody who's listening. Absolutely. We thank you for having our back. We thank you for listening to this show. We thank you for amplifying our voices. When we go over and see you have shared on your page and amplified, particularly our allies, we thank you. And thank you for being here and receiving even what is uncomfortable when I say, who wants to go back to the office? White cisgender males want to get out of the house. Okay. There you go. And we have everyone's back who's listening, right? This is our community. So we have your back. And so thank you for pulling up a chair and listening to the Brown Table Talk podcast. What I will also say, Dee, what I will share personally is some people haven't met me yet in person. I am five one and a half. That half is important to me. I am small physically. And it's funny because some people who have met me in person have said, wow, like I had no idea that you weren't tall because you have such a tall personality, which is bias in and of itself. But I'm like, okay, like, oh, like we we didn't know you were so small. And it is harder when you're in person to own the physical space when you are smaller, right? Having to wear the heels. I had a CEO I used to work for. This gentleman was six, seven. I'm five one. And I, you know, I don't like wearing heels. I don't like stilettos. I'm going to trip and fall. And yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. clumsy. I just want the little heel. I actually had to say to him one day, could you slow down? And he says, huh? I'm like, you, you walk really fast. And when you walk really fast, I have to run after you. So if you could slow your pace so we could walk together. And he actually really appreciated it. I did it with a smile and a wink. But also like physically, right? We're all on the virtual table. We're all on equal playing field. But mm-hmm. when I show up to spaces, just like you're saying, anything that makes you feel like you don't belong, for me, sometimes that's height. That's the way I look. I struggle in person because I have to bring more energy, right? Versus just, hey, I'm here on Zoom with the execs. I'm here for a panel, a conference. We're all, all equal, all yeah. equal at the virtual table. And so that is a lot harder in person. Yeah. I think what I heard you say is you have to work harder. The fact that we have to work and do more just to show up in spaces where we are underrepresented. Let me say that again. For women of color, people of color, as well as I do think others with diverse dimensions or other diverse dimensions, we have to work harder to show up in spaces that were not designed for us and where we are underrepresented. So just that last piece, it just, it speaks volume. And that's why people don't want to go back to work. Women of color do not want to go back to the office. And that is why we are also seeing the great resignation. And as you coined Mita, which I think is spot on, it's the great awakening that I don't want to be in this stress-induced. In fact, let me just share this. Had a conversation yesterday with a woman and about how she's going to resign. And here's the deal. It's no surprise, but guess what was recently revealed? She has an illness How about she says it's stress-induced? 
I mean, and it's a serious illness. It's a neurological something. And I said, oh, I wasn't aware that your health challenge was stress-induced. She said yes. That is why people don't want to go back into the office. So how about this for the case of focusing on a more inclusive culture? Ay, ay, ay. No, absolutely. And that's why allies listening, I really want you to hear what D and I are saying. Because we did say no one wants to go back to the office. Okay, many of us don't. But please (laughs) understand from the perspective of a woman of color, what that means, right? When we say we don't want to go back to the office, let me tell you this, D. I want to go back to the office not full-time, but I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy interacting. You know I need to get out of my bedroom. I've been here for too long. (laughs) Quarantining, (laughs) worried about all the things we're all worried about, right? And here's the thing. I don't want you to come up in the office and ask me to help you put on a sorry. Yes, that's an episode. Check it out. I don't want you to ask me to go get coffee. And I don't want you to ask me why my lunch smells funny because yes, I bring an egg curry. So this is the stuff that we deal with, the extra layer in person, right? The microaggressions, the everyday paper cuts, the comments. And guess what? When I'm on Zoom, I can focus on my work. I can deliver. I can over-deliver. And when I feel like someone's going to say something I don't want to hear or like, oh, connection's not working. Oh, internet spotty. (laughs) Close the screen. Close the screen, right? I love it. it. Same thing here. You know, I guess I should also say I'm an extrovert, so I like being live and in person. So if I did, if I was part of the the corporate rat race, actually, I would volunteer for hybrid. I would volunteer for two days a week. Yeah, I would. I mean, you know, to be quite honest, when when I was working on Wall Street, I had a pretty fair and reasonable experience. I don't have a lot of horror stories from the inside. My stories and use cases are as being in business for many years as an executive coach. I mean, I now have coaches on my team who do this work, but coaching high-level, high-ranking, and high-profile women. But I, too, would go in the office. It, it, it was fair enough for me to manage. And so to your point about we don't want to deal with the questions about lunch and stuff as a black woman, we I don't want to deal with the question about, oh, your hair, you changed your hair again. Oh, wait, is that new? Mm-hmm. Is that your hair? Is 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 that your hair? Can I touch is it? That, or no, let me just touch it I and not ask it. you if I touch it. No, right. no, I won't even ask you. I'll just touch it. Right. I'll just touch it. Or D, what do you think about like what, what happened with Will Smith? And I, I don't want to answer it. Like, why am I, why are we having questions? <laughs> what do I have to do? So that's why. So I can manage us and you all, I can manage corporate in small doses. I can manage in small doses and I enjoy it. And there's winning there. In fact, let me let me also level set. This is probably another conversation. I know some have far worse experiences than most and others. Mm-hmm. And that was the case yes. between myself and a girlfriend that I had was who was West Indian, right? I will mm-hmm. say corporate is a paid internship. I learned so much. I work with the best of the best people, right? So I don't have, me too, I don't even know if I share this with you. Like I have, I I was super blessed and favored. Come on, somebody. I was super blessed and favored in you corporate. You were that, yes, yes. You, you know, and so, but I, but I, but I did recognize 
that that was not the experience, of course, for everybody. My my friend who was West Indian, she showed up different, and I think she was judged very differently. And so she's the one who don't she don't want to go back with y'all. She don't want to play with y'all. And I said y'all, okay, I did, I did. I don't want do y'all do do she no, okay. Yes, I said okay, okay. Okay. D, I want to I want to tease out something you said, which is super important for allies listening, because you are coaching. Fortune 10, corporate executives, this is what you do with Diverse and Engage. So we talked about the great resignation. I'm not calling it that. I'm calling it the great awakening. Yep. And here, yep. corporate America is scrambling to focus on diversity of representation and diversify the workforce. And yet, many want to go back five days full-time. And you wonder why you can't attract, develop, and retain women of color. There it is. There it is. We just told you. So the option to work remotely, hybrid, right? The option, the flexibility to manage our energy, just as you said, D. right? You're an extrovert. You do want to be meeting per- people in person. I want to meet are. people in person. But it's managing that and not being feel- feeling again like we're being watched. Yep. The microaggressions, yep. the comments, the come in at eight, the leave at seven. Do you know, D? you know I had a former boss who would have me come in at 6 a.m., just because you never told me that story. And then I would show up. You did oh, I not. never told you that story. Okay. There's too many stories. Well, you know who I'm talking about. 6.30 a.m. meeting because we were a global company. Oh, and then I show up and the meetings canceled. Were other people, were other people, wait, were other people showing up at 6.30? No, it was me and this individual because I had two young kids and he enjoyed it, right? It was that Mita, power dynamic, no right? No way. Drop the yes. microphone. Ticket being issued. I didn't tell you that story. Yeah. Oh my God. Routinely. There was two instances where it was 630. There was always like the stay late when it was not necessary, but it was this control of wanting to be having the people there watching them, the power dynamic, the power trip of I'm calling you in. We're going to meet at 630 with the CEO, with this global team and then show up and oh, oh yeah, it was canceled. It got moved. Male or female, may I ask? White man. Yeah. So for our allies here, we already have laid out, I would say, you know, something for real conversation, like, like now, like an action item in the next 24 hours, if how to address culture and how to address the great awakening or the great resignation is even the decision to go back to the office full time. It is not an inclusive decision or a decision in terms of work hours and how we work now is from a white professional standard. So here's the language. Let us reconsider the business case for full-time in the office and who that benefits or how it impacts the business because we already have air quotes proof of concept, meaning that for the last two years, we've been productive, we've been profitable with people at home. So let's rethink full-time five days. Who does that best serve? And what is it that women of color and people of color and people from diverse backgrounds, perhaps moms and caregivers, shout out to the moms and caregivers, right? That doesn't work and serve them. So if we want them, let's first revisit that. That's the biggest right now. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. 
A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. If you're interested in the story behind the business headlines, check out Big Technology Podcast, my weekly show that features in-depth interviews with CEOs, researchers, and reformers in business and technology. Hi, I'm Alex Kantrowitz. I'm a longtime journalist, CNBC contributor, and the host of the show. I empty my Rolodex every Wednesday to bring you awesome episodes. So go check out Big Technology Podcast. It's available on all podcast apps. I'd love to have you as a listener. Dee, can we, before we go into tips, I want to talk about white professional standards. And for those who are on a journey to be an ally for women of color, can you help explain what white professional standards are? Because if you are a white man listening to this conversation and you are listening but struggling to understand what we mean by white professional standards. Yeah. So I think it's all of the ways the business norms in corporate America right now. So for instance, it is a nine to five work schedule showing up as um, professional as defined as nine to five sitting in an office. Professional is defined as looking a certain way. Um, And so it used to be in certain spaces, let's just say financial services, it was still business attire. That's a professional standard, but it's a white standard. Hair, a certain way, that's a white professional standard, which is why there's the issue right now in the signing of a bill against hair discrimination. So it's, it's definitely professional presence is a white standard because anything that is outside of that is questioned. So whether for women of color, a woman of color who wears a hijab or natural or ethnic hair or a sari, yes. like it's questioned because it is outside of the air quotes norm and the norm is a white professional standard. And the reason it's a white professional standard is because again, if someone comes in outside of that, it's looked upon as unprofessional and unprofessional because the center that is professional is a white professional standard. So it's all of those cultural things, anything that you question from presence and even how we show up in conversations, how we, just, it's it's all of those things. So did I answer it, Mita, or what would you add? No, it was great. Dean, you're amazing. That's why I love you, Dee. And I love doing this podcast because some people hear that, but they don't know what it means and they're scared to ask. Yeah. And if, if you have been a part of the majority, if you've grown up as a white man, that's all you've ever known. So I actually don't blame you. I'm, I'm happy you're here to listen to this and understand, well, what does that mean? Because that is the standard you've grown up with, right? right? And I think what D, what you're saying is also, it's the othering that starts. Othering. Anything mm-hmm. that's not like me, right? Hair, mm-hmm. hijab, jewelry, wardrobe, right? Mm-hmm. One lens. It's like, oh, anything that's different. The way in, the way in which I speak. Yes. Yes. The way in which I present, how I show up. Oh, I hate this word gravitas, right? SAT yeah. word that I'm like, yeah. what does it mean? The times yep. I've been told I lack gravitas. Can someone explain to me? Please yep. message me if you know, if you can give me the understanding that definition of what gravitas is and how I can get me some, because I need some, I guess, gravitas. Yeah. Even executive presence, I'll be quite honest. If we needed to unpack or unpeel executive presence, that is a thing. Yes. That's part of the standard to look and to show up a certain way. If I articulate, like even if you hear, you know, just how it is that I communicate, 
part of how I show up or why I show up this way, I adopted this in corporate America, right? And maybe that's another conversation. So if you hear me now versus if you hear me in conversation with my girlfriends, and we've talked about this, it's um, I learned this on purpose from actually a WG girlfriend. Her name is Dr. Belinda because she would show up very differently in our meetings on Wall Street. This is when I actually worked on Wall Street. And I said, Dr. Block, why do you, you sound very different? She says, D, because we are in a white male dominated environment and we have to. So that's a professional standard. And so executive presence has been defined based on that baseline. Listen, you just unpacked it for me right here at the Brown Table Talk. Here it is. It is my executive presence that I don't want to have to manage in person. That's it. How I show up over Zoom, right? I still command presence. Yep. I still deliver results. I am still yep. respected. I am still listened to. But the amount of energy showing up as me, 5'1", brown girl, in person, my executive presence and what is expected in an environment with white professional standards that has disappeared over Zoom. You're right. It has showing up again now. That's it. You just unpacked it for me. That's it. Okay, Dee, this was amazing. I can't believe, as always, we're at the end of our time for this episode, but we do want to leave everyone with the tips. And we have three, but I'm going to start with the tip for women of color in particular. I'm going to pass the mic to Dee for two and three, which will be in particular for allies. So allies, listen up. Okay, number one, I'm from the school of DC Marshall. I say this all the time. Make the ask, make the case, renegotiate. Dee taught me this. If you don't like the current working situation plan, whether it's full-time hybrid remote, make the ask. You don't know unless you make the ask and if they will accommodate you. D, over to you. Yep. And then number two, understand, and this is probably more for for allies and, and leaders listening, understand why people are leaving. So conducting exit interviews, but how about conducting a stay interview campaign? You could you could literally make your way around to women of color, come up with the mm-hmm. top yes. list you know, as part of the secession planning, stay interviews. You could also, uh, I mean, that's one of the things we've advised um, our clients to do, stay interviews for women of color. Let's go to number three. So number three, when it comes to diversity of representation, what you could do is circle back on the new rules and the new strategy for the company and really revisit what the new rules are, the new structure, the new schedule, and really ask the question, is this inclusive? Does this include all or does this include the majority? And those are our three tips for today. Mita? Thank you all so much for joining us at the Brown Table Talk. We love you. We appreciate you. We're so happy to be part of your community. If you're looking for more tips, P.S., hire DC Marshall. I don't know if she's taking clients at diversityengage.com, but I would do it. I would check it out if I was you. And if you loved this episode, please share it with a woman of color in your life who's looking for community and conversation. And please share with allies because we're all looking to do better and be better. And we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.